Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church Audio Podcast. We know God is touching and impacting your life through our church. So if you'd like to learn more about how you can get connected, visit our website at r4sq.org. Now stay tuned for today's message. Enjoy, and God bless. Message to you, Lord God. I thank you for breaking the spirit of mammon off our finances, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that your spirit rests on our finances. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. Saints, y'all ready? It's been a wonderful, wonderful time teaching this series. Today's message entitled A Healthy Mind. Uh, Get your Bibles. Turn to Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. And I'm going to be reading in the Message Bible. And it says, celebrate God all day, every day. I mean, revel in him. Make it as clear as you can to all you meet that you're on their side, working with them and not against them. Help them see that the master is about to arrive. He could show up any minute. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praise shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle down and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Summing it all up, friends, I say, you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me. And what you heard and saw and realized. Do that and God who makes everything work together will work you into his most excellent harmonies. Let's pray. Father, I give you the praise. I honor you as master and Lord. I yield to you this morning. Lord, you use my being to speak to you. You teach your people, Lord God. These are your people. I am your servant. This is your church, Lord. I yield to you, Lord God. Use my tongue. Use my speech, Lord God, to articulate and convey what needs to be brought over, brought, brought across to your people, Lord. Have your way in your people, Lord God. How shall we know unless you, unless you teach us? How can we gain the knowledge of what we need to proceed in you unless you give it to us, Lord? We are nothing without you. We can't do nothing without you, Lord God. And I need you this morning. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 We are still in our series, Restore, with today's message entitled, A Healthy Mind. The life that Jesus has in store for you is a victorious one. Your purpose is immense. You are amazing to the Lord. He has created you for his very own glory. The faculties of your members were created to reflect his love for you and all mankind. God thinks the world of you. 
you are obviously to die for. You are not a mistake. God has designed you and your mind with, with the function and capabilities to perform and achieve everything he's called you to do. Your mind wasn't created for depression. Your mind wasn't created for anxiety and worry. Your mind wasn't created to focus on every negative act against you. Your mind wasn't created for mental illness, Alzheimer's, dementia. These are, are all a result of the fall. I'm here to declare to you that healing belongs to you. Yes, healing belongs to your mind. Your mind is such a powerful tool that Satan and all his twisted precepts of delusion wants to use. Your mind was, has creative ability that the enemy has been working triple overtime to exploit, to use, and pervert with his purposes. You can have peace through the power of the Holy Spirit. Your mind can be whole. Jesus left us, left us some tools in God's word that has to be used in order for us to achieve a sober mind. A sober mind which means one that thinks clearly. If you want, to, if you, want you can have it if you want. Amen. If you want, you can have it. Jesus hasn't left you without support. Open your hearts to the instructions of the Lord. He is perfect. Follow how he laid it out for us in his word. If you can follow instructions, there is no hope for your enemy. So decide that you will do. Declare this with me. I will do what Jesus commands. My life is not my own. I follow Jesus' instructions for my life. Point one, transform mind. <coughs> Excuse me. The born-again experience is a wonderful process in which one chooses to turn away from a life of sin and start a new life with Christ. That newness that we all feel is, was, is wonderful, isn't it? Amen. But the Lord has more. Say more. The born-again born experience isn't all the Lord has for the believer. There's a transformation process that has to start in the mind. The way you think has to change. The changing of one thinking is actually part of the repenting process of our sins. In order to repent accurately, we have to change the direction we're going in. In order to change the direction we're going in, we need new instructions. To repent means to turn away from or to think differently about any given choice or behavior pattern that sets in one's thinking. Without transformation, the mind, the transformation of the mind, your actions will continue to display fleshly habits. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, New Living Translation says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, <coughs> excuse me, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy. This is so important. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know 
God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. The, the enemy has been working since you entered into the world to shape and mold you with a worldly point of view. This shaping process comes in many forms, starting with music, entertainment, television, movies, materialism, relationships, are just to name a few infiltrated areas that begin to shape us. Please don't misinterpret me. I'm not saying don't watch movies or don't listen to music. I'm just bringing to light the areas he uses to influence our thinking. So the need for total renovation in our thinking is mandatory for those who name the name of Christ. A healthy mind. I mean, I'm sorry. Point two. A healthy mind meditate. Now, this is going to be a huge topic right here that I want to emphasize. I'm going to emphasize over and over. A healthy mind meditates. You need God's word to challenge your former ways, your former thinking. The word of God has to invade your thinking. This is one area that God isn't going to do for you. This is a conscious choice of a believer to allow God's word to enter their thinking. Joshua 1.8 says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, or this, or Jesus teaches, New Testament believers, because we're not studying the law, we're studying Jesus teaches. Amen. He said, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do. If you want to observe to do something, you have to do what the scripture says right here. If anything you want to change in your life, I would do what this scripture says. It says that you may be a, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Now listen to this: Psalms one, verses one through three. Blessed is the man who walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. That means don't be sitting around ungodly people listening to them and taking their advice. Why? Because they don't know God. They ungodly. Hey, they are depraved of knowledge of knowing God. They're ignorant concerning the things of God. So do, do, not, do not take their advice. Amen? Nor stand in the path of sinners. Don't be hanging out with them. Nor sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, or Jesus teaches, he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. To meditate on God's word is to always have it in some form entering your being. If we would, if we would as God's people, follow his prearranged orders for our life, how better off would we be? The peace that's available for those who would just follow his commands. Many Christians suffer greatly in their thought life because of, because of ignorance and a refusal to obey the Lord. To meditate from a biblical context means to mutter over and over. For example, I take the scripture that, that is convicting me and I know I have a hard time obeying and I read it over and over and over, day 
and night. First thing in the morning and before I go to bed at night is what the scripture actually instructs us to do. All right. I also would take a scripture and allot 15 minutes and reading only this scripture for that period of time. The results are astounding. All right. <clears throat> and let me, let's focus on this for a little bit. We're talking about meditating to produce a healthy mind. So Jesus have taught me whatever I'm struggling in, the reason I'm struggling in that area is something I'm missing from Jesus. All right? It's something I'm missing from Jesus. All right? And in order to start winning in these areas and gaining victory over these areas, the first thing is not to make an excuse for the area to stay. Many people empower their weaknesses to stay by giving it excuses, giving them reasons, fighting for them arguments. The Bible, Jesus told me years ago, the sin that you defend is the sin you in. All right? It got you. Why? Because you, you're preaching for it. You're proclaiming things to keep it, keep it there. Amen? And so Jesus taught me, if I want to come up in an area, I have to expose my, myself to the scripture that I need to come up to. All right? Now, it don't feel too good because many people run from it. And this is when Jesus will teach you. And we'll go to our next point on how to be humble. But it's so important that we expose ourselves to the errors that we're feeling. And so, say, for instance, this is one testimony that I've done. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, chapter 13, verse 4 through 8. The verse 4 in the Amplified says, Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love endures long, and it might be 2 Corinthians. But love endures long and is patient and kind. So if, you, if your temper running short and you really, um, how many of y'all done ran, ran out of patience with people? <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> Two hands. Amen. <laughs> ran out of patience with people. Yes, me, I have also. I have not always been like this. Amen. What do you see today? This is a reproduction of something. I went through a process of time. It was a process that Jesus got out of me things that I needed to get out. He needed to develop me in. So he pointed me to scriptures that I needed to be developed in or I wanted to see in my life. I couldn't run from those scriptures because it's so important that you let the word develop you. That's why Jesus points you to his word. You'll never make it without Jesus influencing your thinking from his word. So in, in some areas, we need Jesus to influence us more in. We don't need to brush over some scriptures. The scriptures that we brush over, them the ones we need to focus on and allow the conviction of the Lord to run us, run us, run us to him because it's the goodness of God that God draws people to repentance, right? It's his goodness. And when I get convicted, I have to... We need to use that conviction to push us into Jesus. Don't run from those convictions. Embrace them. This is what's going to cause you to cry and repent. This is what's going to cause you to develop a need for Jesus to show you. It's going to develop a desire for him to teach you. All right? Because you ain't there. And you don't have it. And all my strength is gone. 
All my strength is out the window. And that's when I need him the most. Because the Bible says that the scriptures are alive. And it's powerful to any two-edged sword. The scriptures are alive, saints. And we can only grab our strength from Jesus and his words. Jesus said, I said these things so you will not be in fear or you will have peace. All right? So there is power in Jesus' words. There is transformation power in Jesus' teachings or what he's called you to do and what he's called you to be. So the scripture says, love endures long and is patient and cannot. Many of us endure long, but without being patient. <laughs> Amen. And to add on top of that, to kill you even more, Jesus said, you got to be kind during this long process. So why do these things seem impossible? And it feel like it's so hard because we ain't been conditioned to do them. And the scripture will give you the strength to do them if you read them every day. I put scriptures before my eyes that's going to influence my actions to do it. Why? Because he said, read it day and night that you may observe to what? Do it. He said, meditate in it day and night. And then there are some scriptures <clears throat> that I just, it's just in me. You know, I, I, I've even made songs out of some scriptures to get it in me. I mean, love bears up under anything and everything that comes and never ready to believe the best of every person. Now, that's a scripture. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes and ever ready to believe the best of every person. Ever ready to believe the best of every person. Now, why do I, why do, I do that? Why do I do it? So, this is why we do it. In the middle of your test, that scripture come back up. It come back up. And it constrains you. Actually, I might have it up there. But it constrains you. And you need it to come back up. Why? Because if it don't come back up, it's nothing to interrupt your flesh process. Amen? Because... There is a process. And once you feel yourself going, there ain't nothing going to stop that process but Jesus. But you needed to come back up. Amen? So the scripture says, love bears up unto anything and everything that comes. Ain't no give up. Ain't no give up. Not in love. Now in me it is. We got, you know, our last straw. How many of y'all got a last straw? <laughs> I got one too, but I shift over into Jesus' love. My wife said, no, I don't. She just don't ever see it. <laughs> but I have a flesh and I have to keep it under. Y'all excuse me. All right, this is so good. Listen to this. <coughs> Thank you, Lord. Your meditation time will determine how strong the word come back up during your test time. <clears throat> and I've also taken, and I, I've also taken an allotted time. I take about 15 minutes where I read only the scripture that I'm struggling in. Only, over and over again. 
over and over again, over and over again. That's the only scripture I read over and over again. The Bible says to meditate means to mutter or to, or to speak over and to over and over again, over and over again. And it's amazing. When you, when you meditate on the scripture, we're going to do it tonight during prayer. We, when you meditate on the scripture like this and you stop saying it, it's like it's keep going in your mind. It just resounds in your mind over and over and over and over and over again. After you, after you, it's like you're forcing your mind to think on the scriptures. And it's changing you. It's making you think like this. It's making your process be Jesus when you meditate in this way. This is so effective, saints. To meditate in this way is so astoundingly effective for the believer. I've seen nothing change me more effective than meditating on God's word other than obeying him. That's why it's so important. Listen to this. I've been in many flesh attacks, and because of my meditation time, Jesus' words will come up and constrain my actions. This method of putting the word in you is by far the most effective for me. Mark chapter 4 verse 14 says, the sower soweth the word. Jesus' words must be put in you by any means necessary. What is your vehicle? By what means is the word entering your soul? One thing is for sure. Reading has to be one of those means. There has to be a scheduled time and place for something this important. There has to be priority. This has to be priority in your life. This is one area where I will insist, require, impress upon you to do. That's how important it is to God, so it has to be important to me, and it also has to be important to you. Point number three, <clears throat> another point that I will settle down and slow up in because it's very, very, very important. Humility equals a healthy mind. I must warn you, you will humble yourself or you will be humbled. When dealing with the Lord, he will rid you of all pride in one way or another. The best way is for you to go ahead and get in that position and stay there. This will bring everlasting results in the way you think. I must emphasize the results are astounding when applied over a consistent period of time. This is the position we take in order to get born again. Think about it. This is the position we take in order to get born again. All right? And if humbling yourself defeated your number one enemy, your number one problem, which was death or God's wrath, then we have to take that process in everything else we do. All right? You will humble yourself or you will be humbled. This is so important. What does that look like in real time? Um, you come across a situation, and uh, it's a difficult one. You have a problem with an individual maybe at work, you know, or maybe at home or at church or something. And, um, you know, in order for us to start growing in the Lord, we humble ourselves and ask Jesus to teach us how to be. Without humbling ourselves, we will be humbled later. What that mean about humble later? If we don't humble ourselves now, you will do something or God will humble you. He will force you 
Now, that's when you rebel against him because he put you, you'll go over into your own strength. And we know uh, pride is there. Pride is the opposite of being humble. And where you are prideful, there is a fall coming. You will bust your head. How do you know? Okay, let's put it like this. If I bust my head, I know I've been in pride. All right? I know I wasn't humble somewhere. Okay? And that's being humbled when you bust your head. And normally, it's in front of everybody. <laughs> it is. When you could have humbled yourself, let them look like they was winning. Because a lot of cases, we're trying to prove we're right in a lot of cases. But a lot of times, Jesus, he, you know, he's he not in that type of stuff. You know, God want to be your vindicator. God want to show people that he's with you. You don't have to fight. He'll fight for you. He'll show you. Because when you humble, you will be exalted. And sometimes humble, being humble look like you lose it. Many people don't want to look like they lose it. Can I say it again? Sometimes being humble, a lot of times being humble, look like you losing. Let's look at Jesus on the cross. It looked like he lost, didn't it? It was all over. If you the son of God, go on, get yourself down, Jesus. Amen. It looked like he lost. But then it was a third day. Amen. Then it was a third day. There's always a third day where God exhausts you if you stay humble and look like you're losing. Don't care, don't care. Yeah, it look bad, it feel bad. But Jesus will rid you of your pride when following him. And I must emphasize this point. This is the position that we take in order to get born again. We humble ourselves and get honest about our need for a Savior and Lord. And the Lord responds. Well, I got good news for you this morning. If you will learn to stay in that position, when the word enter your thinking, he will continue to save, deliver, and rescue you every single time. James 4 and 10 says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. James 4 and verse 6 says, but he giveth more grace... Wherefore, he said, God resisteth the proud, but gives grace unto the humble. That means <coughs> when you're proud, you're fighting God and don't even know it. What I mean by proud or, or pride and don't even know it. But the Bible says, we yield and let God be right then he give us grace or he exhausts us because grace and what Jesus has taught me is God's ability. It's his empowerment. Luke 14 verse 11 says, for those who exhaust themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. <clears throat> Last week we talked about pride. Let's take another look in the light of these scriptures. Pride is a great weapon that the enemy uh, takes advantage of to gain control in one's life. Pride, the meaning, this was the definition I, I spoke of last week. 
<clears throat> to do it my way. Leaning on one's own understanding. Another definition I've seen or the results of it is resisting correction. And then that, the last one, everybody's wrong but you. That's an that's a indicator right there all the way that you got pride wrapped around you. All right? So let's look at this in the inverse or the opposite. I said to do it my way, to be humble, is to do it his way. That's what being humble is. Do it his way. See, love don't insist on its own rights or own ways. See, my household is not ruled by what I say. Amen. The Bible says love don't insist on its own rights or its own way. That means he don't make people obey him. We choose to obey him. Why? Because he loves us so much. All right? So I don't rule my wife with just, you got to do, do what I say, woman. You will get some fight back. You will get some, because that, actual, that, actual, that actually produces rebellion in the individual, and we don't even know it. When we try to make somebody do something they don't want to do. Because naturally, they're just going to fight back because, you know, that's not right. See, ever since the fall of man, man been trying to rule other men. God told man to rule everything else. And, God, and the devil did the exact opposite. He want to rule over other men by force. Amen. And so pride wants it his way. It don't have to be my way. Now, I will insist, but if you rebel, oh, well. Why? Because I'm not God. I'm not your God. I would lay down the rules, but I can't make nobody obey, right? You can't make them. That's where a lot of frustration come in with individuals at work, at home, and at church. Somebody doing and saying something we don't like, right? All right, it says leaning on your own understanding. When you're humble, you don't lean on your own understanding. You lean on his. The Bible instructs us to lean not on our own understanding. And also it says, pride, when you're in pride, you resist correction. And the Bible talks of being humble. You yield to it. You invite it. You humble yourself. Jesus said, if you humble yourself as a little child, he said, you'll see the kingdom of heaven. In order to, and that means Jesus also, this is so good. Thank you, Lord. Jesus submitted to his mother. And the Bible says when Jesus was 12 years old, he was, they was off celebrating the feast, and Jesus was in the temple perplexing them in the synagogues at 12 years old. And so Mary and Joseph decided in their caravan, it was decided they, it's time to go. But Jesus decided to stay behind. And so it was two days before they found out if Jesus was even with them or not. Because they was with the caravan. It was like a family of them. So the Bible says they came back and Jesus found Jesus in the temple. And, and, and Mary said, what you doing, Jesus? 
Ain't you, don't you know we've been looking for you? He said, woman, didn't you know I, was, I had to be about my father's business? They don't say this, but she said, boy, if you'll get your butt in here, let's go. <laughs> and I know Jesus, you know, he could have gone ahead and said, you know, but he said, yes, ma'am. Why the Bible says he subjected himself under her. And the Bible says he grew in wisdom and stature. So why did Jesus grow? He humbled himself under authority. He knew more than his, his mama. You think Jesus didn't know more than his mama? So the purpose of why we submit ain't, ain't because if we know more than, if they know more, if we know more than them. It's the position that you honor. And so you see, you see here, and I cannot fight that position. If God put people in a position, man, why would I fight that? And when I read in the Bible, when they attack Moses, every time somebody rolls up against Moses, they got destroyed. I'm telling you. Aaron, Miriam, everybody rose up. The whole earth opened up and swallowed all of them in, the sons of Korah. They rose. It was an anarchy against Moses, and the whole earth opened up, swallowed them up. And Jesus, the Bible gives this example of Jesus humbling himself unto his mama, and the Bible says he grew. So how would you grow? How, we need to take these lessons from Jesus. If Jesus submitted, then we're going to have to also. There is a humble, um, you will be tested in this, put it like that. So, Yield to correction. Don't resist it. Yield to it. Amen. Especially when they're coming from the word. Everybody's wrong but you. That's an indicator that you wrong. Even though you see a lot that's wrong, your 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 thinking or your your uh, the, the the state you're looking from is wrong. Because as a humble man and a humble in a humble position, and as a pastor, you see a lot that's wrong. But that don't mean you should speak on it. That don't mean it's time for you to correct it. You see wrong because as you mature, you just see what's wrong. You get more understanding, and you see that if people are, if people would just grow in Jesus, they'll get that knocked out. Or if somebody, if they would just study and meditate on the word, they'll get that knocked out. Or the Lord eventually to deal with that because we had our own process, right? To be humble is the very opposite of pride. Ephesians 4, 21 through 20, 31. It says, since you have heard about Jesus and learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Now, this is so important. Let's, let's get dig into the Scripture. Now, <coughs> now, this is, I got the New Living's translation, but let me read this for you. It says, stop telling lies. It says, therefore, put away lying. Let each one of you speak the truth to his neighbor. Anytime you see the scriptures, a lot of times we run from these scriptures. But it says right here, put away lying. 
and then it gives you something to do. The scriptures never tell you to stop something without giving you something to start. All right? So the scriptures say, why is put a, why he say put away lying? Because all lies are of your father, the devil, or of their father, just what Jesus said. He's the father of lies. That means he created lying. All lying come from him. Even telling half-truth is a lie. This is what I was an expert at. <laughs> or just telling some of it. <laughs> Amen. I got mad, but I ain't tell you why I got mad. You know what I'm saying? Or I got mad, I forgot to tell you I cussed him out too. You know, something like that. Tell him half. That's still lying, right? Can we get an amen? Even if you've done it, amen anyway. So, therefore, put away all lying. Let each one of you speak the truth with, with his neighbor. So now we are speaking truth, right? Instead of lying. We just don't stop lying. We just speak the truth. Tell them the truth. All right, go to the next verse. And then he says, be angry and do not sin. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. Nor give place to the devil. Keep going. Let him who stole. Now listen to this. <clears throat> if you're a thief, the, the enemy, the, 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 the scriptures got this for you. So he said, let him who stole steal no longer. But rather, let him work or labor. Working with his hands. What is good. That he may have something to give. So if you stole, Jesus is going to automatically start. He's going to turn you into a giver. You're going to be wanting to be a blessing. All right? Not just stop stealing, but start doing something else. Keep reading. Let no corrupt words proceed out of your mouth. But what is good? You see that? It just don't tell you to stop, you know, I need to stop cussing. But put, replace them words with something good. Amen? So if you got corrupt communication coming out of your mouth, not just to stop, oh, I got to just stop talking about people. No, go start talking good. All right. How do you talk something good with somebody that's evil? Well, they might have a nice shirt on. They might have a nice, you know, they might have a nice haircut or a nice car. <coughs> but what is good for necessary, for edification, that we may impart grace to the so we always want to use our words to build up. That's what edify means, to build up an individual, not tear down. The devil already doing that to people. He's already tearing down. We do not need to assist him in the work that he's causing in, this, in the havoc that he's causing in this world. So if you have problems in, in these areas that, you, that we read today, then my best, my best advice to you is to face these areas. And you see the scripture found you. Say, Lord Jesus, teach me how not to be like that, Lord. And start obeying him. Do not, in, 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 in verse 30, <clears throat> in the New Living says, do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own guarantee that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all type of evil behavior. Uh, 
This is so good. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. We are not humble when we can read the scripture and get humiliated when we read it. How many of y'all have been reading the scripture? And you read something, it's, it's like Jesus, man, he, he hit you with an uppercut, right? And you're like, and the humiliation comes when you read. Or shame comes when you read. Or guilt comes when you read, right? Because you see, you see something in the scripture that you ain't doing. All right? But Jesus wants you to not feel that humiliation because humiliation is just a perverted humbleness. Because H-U-M is the root word in humiliation. H-U-M is the root in humble. If we don't humble ourselves, we will be humiliated. You will. When you have those feelings of humiliation, that's an indicator that we're not humble. Face those things that the scriptures, and the scriptures will fine-tooth your heart. It's like, it's like he'll sift through those, your heart, and where pride is, you'd be like, oh, he got me. And he really trying to rid you of pride, not to get you to stop cussing. He's trying to find those areas of pride because pride will be your downfall in all categories. Pride will. And so the scripture's really trying to get rid of, get rid of pride out of your life where you can see the scripture, you be like, man, that's right. Because in order for you to read the same scripture that you're failing in every day, man, you will have to, it will force you to say, yeah, you're right, Lord. So what's being humble? Lord, you are right, and I'm always wrong. When you grab that revelation, this will bring so much health to your mind. Why? Because this type of nature invites God's spirit, invite his nature into your life. Lord, you are right, and I'm always wrong. Why? Now Jesus is being exalted. And so you need Jesus to help you stay humble. And that's what the word is there for. Not just to change your thinking and transform it. Yes, he want to change your thinking so you can change your behavior. But he want to get rid of that pride. Because you got people who don't smoke and drink and they full of pride. Man, they think they something because they don't smoke. And then I like to bust their bubble. I bet you they'll lie. You're going to bust hell wide open if you ain't repentant. And I, you know, I just, that pride, it just kills people. It's not invited. James 1.21 says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. Let's see here. It, whenever we focus on the scripture, we have to receive it with meekness. You will never get revelation until you are humble. With meekness means humble. Receive that word in a humble state. This is what changes you. It says receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save you. That means it has the power to save your soul. It has the ability to do it. But just because you're reading the word don't mean your soul will get saved. There's another scripture behind this one in verse 22 that says, Be not hearers only, but be doers of the word. All right? The actual doing of what you hear is what saves you and transforms your thinking. 
Lord, you are always right and I'm always wrong. It's a process. It's the attitude that we should have as believers. Philippians 2 verse 5 through 10 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has exalted him and given him the name which above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and of those in heaven and those on earth and on and and of the and under the earth. In closing. Scripture says here. Let this mind be in you. What's the mind that was in Jesus? Let's think about this for a second. The scripture says that although he was God, he humbled himself as a man. That means he left his God privileges in heaven and he became a man. So the success that we see. The success that we see Jesus and and what he displayed comes from him trusting in the Father, total reliance on the Father. We read in Sunday school that Jesus said, he said, I never do nothing of myself. For what the Father told me to say and how to say it, I say unto you. So if Jesus never done nothing of himself, how much more? As Christians, we need to rely on God to produce. Many times we equate Jesus with being so effective because he was God. He was the son of God. But Jesus was a man that trusted in his victories from the Father. And as we continue to walk this process of, of being a Christian, Jesus will put his finger on areas of your heart that's not like him. And pride will try to rise up and fight and fend and make excuses for this area to stay. And as Christians, remember this process. Jesus is always right. And I am always wrong. If I don't line up with Jesus, I'm wrong. And be okay with that. Hey, hey, listen. Join the club. Jesus is always right and I'm always wrong. So find out what Jesus says. Then you can be right. In God's sight. Amen. Opinions don't matter. We need to know truth. We need to know his words. And the Bible says he humbled himself, made himself of no reputation. He do a miracle, he say, don't tell nobody. How many ministers do you know do that? They pray for somebody, they get healed, uh, you know, they sight come back, they was blind. He said, shh, don't go tell nobody. Jesus did. You know why? Because he was fighting that human nature. He's fighting the human nature to stay humble. They wanted to exalt him, make him king. He said, no, nah, I don't want no exaltation from no man. I'm waiting on Jesus to exalt me. He chose the path of looking like he was losing in man's sight. 
He chose the path of looking like he was the, he, he, he didn't have God on his side. He wasn't the son of God. They wanted him to prove it time and time again, and he wouldn't prove it for them. And being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself and became obedient even to the point of death. The Bible says that God now has exalted Jesus and gave him a name that's above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Why did that exaltation take place? Because he humbled himself. And as you stay in this humble state, you can't help but to have a healthy mind. You can't help but to have a sober mind. The things that people would be frantic over, you will be calm and collected. Why? Because you have Jesus' words giving you peace. He said, these words I, I speak unto you so that you may have peace. When you have God's word in you, it produces a peace in you. You will have hell going on all around you, and hell on the inside will be, you won't have no hell on the inside. It should be straight peace. And you and you tripping while you ain't, while you ain't frantic like everybody else. But God's word will sustain you and give you peace in your mind where your, your mind will be healthy. And that's a wrap. Thanks again for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church audio podcast. We hope you were encouraged and empowered by today's message. We pray you have a great week and God bless.